welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello, and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 9th of September, 2017. And I'm delighted to tell you that I've had a normal writing day today. 5,000 words got written, and it just feels like the summer holidays never happened. And that doesn't mean to say that I don't like the summer holidays, because I do, and I've really enjoyed them. But in terms of that writer's anxiety that you get when you're not writing, that feeling that you should be and you're not, I've done a lot of these diaries over the past few weeks. And although I've been busy, although I've been progressing things in my author career, I haven't been getting the writing done. And that's actually hit the clues in the word, writing. That's what we need to be doing. So I do get a little bit anxious when I'm not writing uh, regularly. I didn't write the previous week. I don't really like that. I like to be trying to uh, getting at least 5,000 words done a week uh, if I can. So today um, I was all planned. I was ready to go. My wife was back to work today. Uh, school was back today. I've still got two teenagers in the house, but they, they tend not to surface till later. I usually have my writing done by the time they sort of come out to play, but they, they don't disturb me at all. You know, they, get, they get on with their own thing. So we were in routine today. My wife left the house at 20 to 10. Miniature's out the door. I'm sitting here writing away three lots of 1,700 words. That's my 5,000 words done for the day. Uh, and I'm feeling really happy to have done that. And I know that next week and obviously all the way up to Christmas now, for as long as that routine lasts, I'm going to be getting some writing done. And I feel very happy with that. There's a lot of comfort in that. I never thought that I would uh, crave the writing time, uh, but I do. Uh, obviously, that's as a consequence of having the writing habit, I guess. But I like it, and I like doing the writing. It also gives me that real feeling of accomplishment. I'm recording this at 1.30 on a Friday afternoon, and it feels great to have accomplished so much at this time of the day. And of course, now I'm recording my diary, and I'll do some other smaller jobs. Uh, but I do like a writing day. I never feel like I've achieved as much as when I get those 5,000 words done. Also, this morning, before I started writing, when everybody was getting ready for work and school and things like that, I actually put this book, the book I've been writing today, I put it on pre-release for the 6th of December. I've had this planned out for some time. I know that next weekend I will finish this book. I'm writing Friday and Saturday of next week. That brings me up to my 50,000 words. I have uh, a week or two to do my edits on it. Then it's off to Helen Fazal. Uh, on the 1st, no, the 2nd of October, Helen's expecting it, then she has it for a couple of weeks, and it's all got to be ready for the 6th of December, and that'll be my third book that I've released this year. We've done Dead of Night, Burden of Guilt is just about to come out, and then this has just gone on pre-release. Now, pre-releases are a great way of motivating yourself. I know enough about my writing rhythms now, my writing speed, and I've got it planned out enough to know that I can put that book on pre-release and it will be ready. Obviously, I've also got trust in Helen Fazal. She and I work out the date. She tells me when she'll have it back. I know I've got buffer time in there for me to do my final edits on there. So I, I know how long all of this takes now, and I'm completely confident to put a book on pre-release for three months from, well, pretty, it's almost pretty well three months from today. It's just short of that at the time of recording this. But you do just need to be aware, and I always have to remember this, that although it's on pre-release from the 6th of December, it'll actually have to be submitted before then, a couple of days before then. I can't remember how many days it is off the top of my head. It's about four or five days. 
Um, so it's actually going to need to be ready about the 1st of December. Now, I'm heading off for a week in Spain after the 6th of December. So it's absolutely going to be done, dusted, completely done for Spain. And then I'm, then I'm off to have a little holiday. Um, so it feels very good to have that on pre-order as well. Now, next Thursday, there's no wonder you get confused with these books, especially when you're, you're banging them out at a rate of knots as I am at the moment. Uh, Burden of Guilt goes live on Thursday, the 14th of September. So that's next Thursday, just short of a week of today. Now, um, there is no promotional campaign around this book. You'll hear all over the place on podcasts, people having super pre-launch campaigns and things like that. Uh, this book, frankly is just going to flop out there, which is not really not really a very good uh, launch campaign, is it? Paul's guide to letting your book just flop out there. Um, that's not a very good launch strategy. To be honest with you, I've been so busy with summer holidays and writing and things like that, I haven't really thought about it. The other thing that I really subscribe to, and this is something I heard Joanna Penn uh, talking about, is that she's like this too, I, not, not with her non-fiction I don't think, but particularly with a fiction. I think she's just become aware over the rhythms of time and having done it many times now, in that, you know, clearly you've got that new interest from existing readers in a new book. And I'll do the usual things. I'll email my list and, and let existing readers know that it's there. Um, and I'm also going to do something which I'll talk to you about in a moment to, to, to fan the flames with that. But actually my, my strategy with my books is I want to have these three thrillers written. So I want one fatal error to be done because that's actually part of my overall marketing strategy. I want to have two box sets in thrillers, two box sets in sci-fi, and I want to be able to have one lead book in each genre. So it's going to be the grid one as far as the sci-fi is concerned. And I'm not quite sure which of the books it's going to be yet with, with the thrillers. I'll see which one sells best. So when I release Burden of Guilt, I'll just be looking at that to see how easily that sells. And basically from these three standalone thrillers, I want to find the one that's the uh, inverted commas soar away success, the one that sells most easily, because that's probably going to be the either the free one or the 99 cents one, the one that I use as my leads capture to bring you into my thrillers. Don't tell Meg those, those books are all pretty substantial books. They're about 80 to 90,000 words. I'm not giving those away for free. Um, so what I, my strategy is with the thrillers is I want you to, to read the standalones or one of the standalones. And then I want you to buy the don't tell Meg. And don't tell Meg's the one I want to make the money on, uh, because it's a read through trilogy and the read through is good on those books. So I, I'm generally seeing my launch not as one book at a time. But to get this critical mass of books ready uh, and then to get the marketing strategy around that. Now, the other thing, the other limitation I've got is that I've also got books at the moment uh, caught up in KDP Select. And if you remember, I've said to you that you know, having tried KDP Select, having got a, a little bit excited about the page reads, I've made this philosophical decision that I am uh, going wide now. I've had a little play. Um, I, you know, I made a little flurry of money with the, the reads and the reads are good, but I've decided that I'm not going to put all my eggs into that basket. I'm going to go, going to go wide with this. So I, I actually need to just wait for everything to come out of KDP Select. And uh, rather foolishly, I probably just clicked the button, didn't think about it. Burden of guilt, quite annoying to me actually, is on um, KDP Select, which means it ain't going to pop out until one fatal error does. And so this is why 
I'm just saying to you, no, I'm not, this isn't going to be launched in some splash. I'll send a mail to the, uh, my mailing list. I may do a, I may do a free book on it or something like that. I'll, I'll, I will do the free weeks campaign on it. Um, if I've got it there, I might as well. Um, and I'm going to be using Amazon ads too, which I'll talk to you about in a moment or two. But other than that, the thing about fiction is, you could launch it, relaunch it, repackage it anytime you want. It doesn't go off the boil. It doesn't have a sell-by date. So I don't feel like I'm particularly losing out by not having a big launch splash with this. doesn't matter. I'll come to it when I've got all my, all my ducks in a row. That's when I will start to, uh, you know, really flog it and sell, sell the book. And if you look at somebody like Adam Croft, for instance, he had that, that one sore away book that he had with his Facebook ads. Uh, and then he sold all the other books as a consequence. And really, I'm, I think I'm trying to find my, my sore away book, the one that's going to really bring people in so that then I can move people through the network of books that I've got. So, um, this time next week, when I'm talking to you, I will have launched Burden of Guilt. It'll be live. Uh, I'll talk to you about that if there's anything to report. Um, but that's why you won't hear a great big splash about it, uh, in, in particular. It is part of a, a longer strategy. Now, I'm not quite sure how the rest of my writing year is going to pan out. So I, I am planning now through to March 2018. And 2018 is, is going to be a, a shifting time, a complete review time with books, strategy, podcasts, and everything. So um, depending on how it goes, you know, I was thinking this week, when I have a busy week, and by busy week, it's not just writing. I mean, you're actually earning money to keep roof over everybody's head. Um Sometimes I think, oh, you know, I've got, got far too much on. Um, and I do feel like I've been writing a lot this year. I was, I was contemplating maybe just concentrating on marketing up till Christmas and not writing another book. But then I panic a little bit and think, oh, you know, if I, if I stop writing every week or virtually every week, will I lose the habit? Um, you know, when I forget how to do it, will it be really hard when I come back to it? So I, I am, I am dithering a little bit about that. I do, part of me feels like, um, a creative break might be good. Just just stop writing for a bit, Paul, and, and just let the ideas, you know, gather and, and, and flow again. Um, so I, I am thinking about that, but we'll, we'll just see how things pan out. At the moment, um, I'm scheduled to write one more thriller, standalone, and one more standalone sci-fi book by March 2018. And then that will give me, from all of that selection... It will give me two sci-fi box sets and a standalone sci-fi. And the standalone sci-fi is the one that I'll give away for free and use the promos to get people into the two box sets. And then a standalone thriller, and I'll have four to choose from at that point. Um, and I'll, I'll use the best thriller as the, the standalone, the lead capture, the one that gets people into the funnel. And then I will have two thriller box sets, one of which is Don't Tell Meg, which is quite lucrative because they're long books and I can price them higher. And then you'll have the three other standalones, which will go as a box set and the standalone thriller. So I'm hoping it will work. That's that's my kind of strategy with it. But that feels like a good point at which to review and and see where I'm going after that. I, I might need to start writing a new genre. I might need to um, completely immerse myself in marketing because, you know, blimey, you've got enough books by that stage. I ought to be making enough sales by that stage. So maybe the marketing is the problem. Maybe the covers are the problem. I think I might need to turn to those things if I'm really not making enough money by that stage. Because it's pointless just repeating the same old mistakes if I'm clearly not producing uh, the kind of content that's going to sell. I need to get the content selling, I feel, next. Uh, having got to a critical mass of books, i got to learn how to do the selling bit uh, because otherwise I'm just going to be producing more and more books which sell a few copies but not enough and I'm never going to be any further forward. That's where it feels like my attention needs to fall next. 
I mentioned uh, Amazon ads and I mentioned, I think a couple of weeks ago that I bought Brian Meeks's book. I'm just leaning over to get it here. You can hear my chair creaking. Uh, Brian Meeks, Mastering Amazon Ads. And uh, I set a few Amazon ads up when I got the book. Uh, in the first or second chapter, he just tells you what to do. So I did that, just let them tick away. And I've set a couple of more up in the meantime as I'm, as I'm working through the book. And I've just decided that I'm going to give these a really good go. And, and, and again, looking at Brian's Facebook group, the strategy with these seems to be to have a lot of them going. So uh, I'm clear tomorrow on Saturday as I record this, I'm clear to just spend the day, I'm just going to set up lots of Amazon ads. Um, as per Brian's instruction, I'm going to set it up across all the books that uh, are available for me to market. So I just want to see how that goes. I'm going to do that on Burden of Guilt, of course, which is the book that I've got coming out on Thursday. And I just want to have a really good play with these Amazon ads. It's very interesting. One of the things Brian says in the book, and this is exactly what I did, and I bet it's exactly what you've done if you went to have a look at Amazon ads too when they came out. I set up an ad or two, um, you know, put a fairly big bid on. I think I stuck on the recommended bid on Amazon. Nothing really happened, and I gave up. And then I thought, oh, I must learn about these. And, and that's what Brian says most people do, which opens the door to people like him who know what they're doing. And... It's it's really counterintuitive, actually, because with Amazon ads, if you follow Brian's theory, you're, you've got to put budgets on of about $1,200, but you'll never spend that. So I, 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 being a little bit cautious, I've put budgets on of $300 on some of my ads, and you don't, you don't spend anywhere near that. But um, Brian says, I think the optimal point seems to be about a, a full budget of $1,200 uh, on an ad, and you will never, never spend that, but it, 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 cr- it creates the kind of... Tipping point, I guess, is is the right phrase for it, that, that makes the ad show and does the business. And you also bid very low. You always bid below what they recommend. This is his strategy. And uh, as I've been reading more about this, I'm thinking, right, I'm going to give this a good old go and I'm going to get lots of ads set up and just see how that works. So that really is my next strategy with this. I tried, uh, I tried Facebook ads. Facebook ads have not worked for me for sales. They work really well for building my list. I could just turn that on, turn it off, and it would build my list. So I know it works for list building. I can't turn Facebook, certainly not yet. And maybe when I've got a few more box sets, I might be able to turn it into, into money and sales, but there's not enough margin in the books that I'm selling for me to make Facebook ads work. Where you've got more margin in the products, it's a lot easier, but we have very little margin in books. And, and that's always our problem with marketing is that we need to spend money to make money. And often because we've maybe only got a dollar or two dollars margin in a book, um, we just can't spend enough to, um, we can't risk enough because we're just, we're losing money all the time. And then if you sell one book and you make a loss, that's fine. If you've got books that read through and you know that people read through and you make profit in the long term, that's called the cost, the cost of customer acquisition. So I know that if I make a loss, if I spend two dollars and that's a loss, at first, but I know that I make an average, say, of $10 out of every new reader that I find, that I could afford to lose in the first instance to acquire that customer because I know I'm going to make money in time. Now, I, I'm not sufficiently progressed enough in this author business to know those kind of numbers. So I have to be very cautious with Facebook. Works for leads, doesn't work for ads for me at the moment. And I, I think this is the experience of a lot of new indie authors. I think we struggle with the Facebook ads. Facebook ads work elsewhere, but not with the books. And then uh, also, I haven't been able to use Google retargeting on the books because of the margin too, but I'm using it in other things and it, and it, and it works very well where you've got the margin. Okay, so uh, that's Amazon ads. I'll, I'll just keep reporting back to you on Amazon ads and particularly if I have any success. If I have a you know, if I have mediocre success, 
I'll mention it anyway, but I'm hoping I'll have some success that I can share with you, but I will share that with you. And I do recommend you take a look at this Mastering Amazon Ads book. Um, it is very useful. It's not It's not quite as logical as I like books. It's a bit all over the place for my taste. I, I like books where somebody just says, step one, step two, step three, step four. When you've got those ads set up, this is what you look for. If If you're spending above this range and that range, that's fine. If you've got this result, and that result, that's fine. I'm just, I just want a checklist. You know, I don't want too many words. Just tell me what I need to know. So it's a little bit all over the place for me. And what I'm doing is I'm reading it, trying to extract that information. And I'll probably just put it on a sheet, a reference sheet, because that's frankly all I want. Um, I just want a step-by-step guide. I don't want too much talk and I don't want too much distraction. And I want it to be really orderly. Uh, that book doesn't do it that way, even though you've got to pull the information out of it. Um, but I would really love just a fact sheet that told me what to do. In general news, uh, this came in just after I'd recorded last week's diary, actually. Um, I have been shortlisted in, and he has to remember what the award's called, the Kindle Book Reviews Awards. No, the Kindle Book Awards, they're called. Um, I don't know how big a deal that is. I think these are the awards that found Hugh Howey. So, so I think they've got some sort of clout, some kind of history. And um, in typical Paul Teague fashion, I I got this email saying, you, the, it's the grid one that's been shortlisted in the young adult session section and I thought oh great fantastic I forgot about that that's good that's a bit of news and I never have any expectations with these I think well you've got shortlisted you probably won't get any further than that there's I think there's well just counting it there's 15 to 20 I think in that shortlist so the chances of me getting through that are fairly low because from my experience in young adult it tends to be the kind of emotionally based young adult stuff that seems to win, not the <laughs> laser guns and alien style of sci-fi nonsense that I write. Um, so, so that's just just a feeling with there. I think I would have to be very lucky to to be a winner in there. But it's very nice to be shortlisted. But then I was thinking, now didn't I did I enter? Don't tell Meg. I can't remember. I started searching through my emails and. What should have been a celebration turned into a disappointment because I'd also submitted Don't Tell Meg. And frankly, that's the one I'd really like to win because it's the new thriller. I'd, I'd like to get a little win on the thrillers, really, just to get, I guess, some external endorsement. I'm not writing absolute twaddle. Um, I can't remember whether even, I can't remember whether Don't Tell Meg's been shortlisted for anything. I don't think it has. Um, but I'd like to get a little win on one of the thrillers if I can, even if it's just shortlisting. Um, so Don't Tell Meg didn't get shortlisted and the grid did. And, this, this, I, this, I have to watch myself. I have to check myself with this because at the point where everybody else would be saying, "Yippee do," I've been shortlisted for something. I was actually more disappointed by the fact that Don't Tell Meg didn't get shortlisted than ecstatic at the fact that the grid did. So I know I need a good slap for that, but um, that's just a mindset thing, isn't it? So I need to tick myself off there and celebrate the successes not keep licking my wounds about the, the things that didn't get through that's a that was a 50 percent success rate and i shouldn't knock that so there's a little bit of excitement i think we find out about this in october once again I, i'm not really expecting to get any further than that but i i do take these shortlistings as a positive sign that what i'm writing is not complete rubbish it's it's an ex- external validation for me of that if I can get shortlisted in an award. I guess also, you see, if I look at the positive and say, well, don't tell Meg didn't get shortlisted, I can say that at least the consolation I draw from that is that at least they don't just let everybody get through. There is some kind of a, a filter system where they, they sort people out. So 
if I draw a positive from that, I think that's what it has to be. So if I have any joy in that competition, um, I'll let you know. But I think it's October or something. I think maybe they, they have a short short list and then the winners, something like that. So I'll keep you in touch with that and let you know what's going on. I did say a couple of weeks ago that I was hoping to get my list to, well, it'll need to be just under 10,000 before Christmas. I don't want to hit another threshold particularly because I'm not re- I'm not doing email marketing. Well, you know, I teach this stuff and I've done email marketing at scale. I've done loads of internet marketing stuff. I know exactly what to do and I don't do it. And uh, I'm really guilty of this with, with email marketing and all the tricks. Um, you know, I've read loads about it, um, researched loads about it. I've learned from people who are amazing at it and I still don't do it. I do want to get up to 10,000 just to get a really kind of nice number of subscribers. But this is one of the things I was saying to you right at the beginning of this diary, that I really feel now that my next struggle beyond writing the books is the marketing. I really got to get on top of this. I really got to find something that works. And funnily enough, it's working ever so well with this podcast. If you look at what's happening with the podcast, I'm people are contacting me about the podcast. We're starting conversations on social media via email and things like that and building up those lovely relationships that you can with people all over the world that, that you've never met. And and I used to do this in internet marketing too, uh, to be fair. I once went to a meeting where somebody from, where was it he lived? I can't remember where it was, somewhere in the in the far east. He recognized me from my social media photo. It was absolutely exceptional experience. And I need to do that. I obviously can do it even at a small level because it's working really well with the podcast, but I need to do that with the writing as well. Uh, So I think that's my, that's my challenge. That's my struggle. I think with the writing, I need to look at that marketing and email marketing is part of that. So I don't want to go over another, this is a long way around of telling you, I don't want to hit another payment threshold on MailerLite. So I don't want to go over that 10,000 subscriber mark until I I'm really paying some attention to my emails uh, because again, it, there's no point in me just growing this list like Billio if I'm not going to do anything with it. So I really do need to, to, to spend some time on that. And I, I'm telling you that because I'm taking part in a science fiction and fantasy mega promo next week. So it's running between the 11th and the 17th of September. That's part of my campaign to get my list built. Um, last campaign I did wasn't very good. Didn't get very many subscribers for it. Maybe. 50 to 100. It was very disappointing. I'm, I'm used to getting far more than that. Um, I have a feeling this one isn't going to be a very good one either. I think they've got about 120 participants. That's way too many. It's way too many. When people come to a giveaway like that, they're overwhelmed by the number of free books. And if they do download 120, that's 120 mailing lists they're going to get signed up to. It's going to drive them spare because this is an Insta freebie giveaway. Incidentally, I didn't mention that. It's just going to drive them spare. And this is the curse of free, I'm afraid. It's just the curse of free. And I really want to try and find a way to get get out of it and not rely on it if I can. Um, but anyhow, let's hope that I, I get a few extra subscribers. And in between now and Christmas, and particularly quarter four of the year, I am very proactively going to be looking for sci-fi and thriller giveaways that are of a good quality to try and get that list up to the 10,000, but just below 10,000 mark if I can. And then I really need to be a bit more serious and a bit more strategic about the way that I use email. So for instance, uh, Joanna Penn writes a lovely email. I can't remember how often it is. It might even be just once a month, but she does a lovely email. Um, and I always read it because it's got some great content on it. It incorporates her blogs and her news and things like that. And I love receiving that email. Um, Mark Dawson is very good at sending out emails that I read as well. So it is possible and they're not sending them out every day and they're not sort of spammy or salesy or anything like that. So it is possible and I'll probably model somebody like Joanna 
or, or Mark, because I do think they're doing a really good job of it. And I do look at their emails, which is always the trick, of course. We had a really interesting response to my question last week about whether you would like me to share my income reports. I kind of do, uh, but I don't put screenshots on and all the detail. And I'm still thinking it through, to be honest with you. It had a really good response. And and, and again, asking that question has made a, a few people come out who I didn't know were listening to the podcast. That's always very nice to to find out who's listening to the to the podcast. One of the responses I got, and this is this is really why I'm delaying my thinking on this. And we're at the beginning of a month anyway, so I don't have any income reports to come to the end of the month. But one of the suggestions was that I made it available as exclusive content for people who support me on Patreon. And that I like. I thought that's a good little idea. I am thinking about how to build what I offer on Patreon to make it more attractive. And I don't really want to exclude anybody uh, with this at all. This, this is the balance, really, that if I put stuff behind this this Patreon paywall, which is effectively what it is, it does exclude listeners. And I, I listen to a podcast. It's going to remain nameless this week. I listened to a podcast this week, and it took 13 minutes to get through the sales pitches of the what's your offer this week until we got to the content. And I was listening to that thinking, mm, you've got to watch this, chaps, because this is this is a problem. If I've got to wait 13 minutes to get to content and I have to sit through the sales pitches, this is becoming a bit of a problem because I kind of tune in for the content. And, and this is what I'm wary with with my podcast. When I do my guest interviews for the podcast, I just try and get straight into it. No messing around, just get straight into the questions and, and straight into the juice, I hope. hope that's what I do. And then with the diary, I think with the diary, uh, you, you all seem to forgive me for being a little bit more circumspect about things. Um, it's a much more informal uh, arrangement and, and people seem to be okay with that. So um, I'll stick with it until people start to bone at me. Um, but with this, I am, I'm thinking aloud, really. I, I think it's a, a good idea to put that kind of private, not confidential, but more sensitive information behind a, a paywall. But then on the other hand, of course, if you make it openly available, it helps to build uh, what I'm always preaching in corporate sessions, this idea of know, like, and trust, which is really important in any business that people know, like, and trust you. Know you're telling the truth. They know that they can trust you as a source of information. So I'm still um, mulling that one around a little bit, thinking it through. Thank you very much for your comments i think we had um we had one saying uh, no it's private uh everybody else pretty well was um yes we'd love to see that information however embarrassing it is um i keep getting um people saying how much they value the fact that on this podcast i'm just maybe slightly behind some of the people listening um and only just ahead of other people listening um with my my income and that people really value that time and time and time again i'm hearing from people who listen to this podcast that although they like to listen to the other podcasts they're, they're sick and this is why i started the podcast they're just sick of hearing people saying oh yeah i spent five thousand quid on facebook ads and now i'm a millionaire they're sick of hearing that because that isn't our lives you know we're still <laughs> we're still having to earn a living we're not making enough of the books we're working hard wondering whether it's worth it that's kind of where we are and um and there seem to be so many of us out there who feel that way um we're just we're working away um trying to keep uh, you know households and families running trying to keep the the wolf from the door uh, desperate to try and make this work constantly wondering whether we're flogging a dead horse, but still hopeful that we can have a breakthrough. And that seems to be where 
the majority of the people who appreciate this diary of this podcast are. Um, and, and, and people seem to appreciate that. So I want to be that, that lone voice <laughs> of the struggling indie author, um, and, and, and remain so. So I, again, it's a long way around of saying I'm thinking about it and I'll let you know. I'd like to thank, uh, we, we had a really good little flurry last weekend and thank you so much for this. L- lots of feedback, lots of interaction. I love that. I need to get this. I need to do this as an author. I need to get better at this as an author. I find it much easier with the podcast. But uh, Ian Schofield contacted me, gave me some fantastic feedback. Thank you, Ian, um, for that. And I take back everything I ever said about HR. <laughs> Ian, Ian will know what I mean about that. And uh, it was brilliant feedback. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, you know, really, just really, really considered feedback about the podcast. Very, very useful. Ian is a, a new Patreon sponsor, as is Richard Pierce. Thank you, Richard, for sponsoring the podcast. Lucy Branch, who's going to be a guest on this show. Uh, interesting, and I mentioned this to you. Uh, Lu- Lucy wanted some consultancy with me. Uh, Lucy's thinking of starting a podcast and uh, wanted to an hour of my time to sit down and just say, how do you do it? And I, I'm by far a podcast expert, but I was quite flattered the other day when Joanna Penn, who I interviewed a week or two ago, said to me that I was doing some things that she was going to pinch about my process. She liked my process for the podcast, um, which is quite flattering from somebody who's been, what, 300 and something episodes? You know, that's amazing. That is absolutely incredible. And it's very nice for somebody who's done that many episodes to get learn some tricks from me, who hasn't done anywhere near that number of episodes. Lucy's thinking of, of doing a podcast. I think she's tried a few courses, hasn't found what she wanted and said, can I have a consultancy effectively with you? And I said, that's absolutely fine. And um, L- Lucy had um, had sponsored the podcast. She'd actually um, sponsored the podcast via PayPal. So I, I introduced PayPal a week or two ago because I don't like I don't like monthly amounts going out. I'd rather sponsor a podcast per amount every now and then stick 50 quid on and then do it next year or something like that. That's just the way I prefer to do the money. Lucy had, had, had made a donation and, um, and I'd say, oh, you've, you've made a donation. That's fine. And, and Lucy said, oh, that, that was a donation for the podcast. It's not payment for the consultancy. And I said, well, actually, one of the tiers on Patreon is that if you sponsor me, if you sponsor the podcast for six months as a Patreon supporter, you actually get as your bonus for doing that. You have to have done the six months to do it. Um, you get an hour of consultancy. I'll hop on a call with you and talk to you about anything you want to talk about. Um, and uh, so you get an hour of consultancy for that level of sponsorship. Lucy had used PayPal and had effectively given six months of sponsorship as one contribution. And I said, well, we're good to go. Um, you, you've, you've sponsored me at that half year level. For that, you get an hour of consultancy. Let's hop on Skype and I'll talk to you about podcasting for an hour and tell you everything I do in my process and share that with you. So I thought I'd just mention that to you because um, I will I will close that six-month window off at the end of September, only while I'm in limbo with the review process. So I won't let somebody sponsor it for six months if it's not going to run beyond six months. So I will that window for that hour-long consultancy will end at the end of September. So if there is something I can sit down over Skype and tell you in terms of consultancy, if there's something you feel that I might know about more than you um, and can help you with that, then that's the ideal opportunity to jump on that. And to get that, you'll have to do it through PayPal uh, um, if you want to do it now. And that means it's a one, one-time one PayPal payment to sponsor the podcast. And, and, and at that level, you'll see it on Patreon, patreon.com slash Paul Teague, I think it is. But if you just go to the website, selfpublishingjourneys.com, you'll find it. Um, 
then you can get that as part of your Patreon sponsorship. But we had a really good flurry of podcast sponsorship at the weekend. They just kept coming in. I was like, oh, this is great. Fantastic. Thank you very much for this. And, and with that said, just as I'm winding up now, uh, again, a couple of new listeners uh, reached out. Well, actually, one new listener that I haven't met yet uh, sent me a lovely photograph of, of what she was doing when she was listening to this diary. So thank you, uh, Mary Claire Allington, for getting in touch. Mary Claire is at mary-clareallington.com. I'll put it on the resources page. And there's a lovely picture of Mary Claire with Rufus the Pony. And uh, that's how Mary Claire listens to this podcast. It's lovely to think that uh, I, I'm accompanying you and Rufus on those lovely rural runs. I, I used to I used to horse ride many years ago. Um, it's it's actually something I, I used to love to do as a kid. And would you believe in the days before video players, when you couldn't record television, I gave up horse riding because Ivanhoe was on the telly and it was at the same time as my riding class. And because in those days, if you didn't... you just missed it you missed it if you didn't watch it, you missed it i gave up horse riding to watch ivanhoe on the telly <laughs> now there's a decision i regret so thank you very much for getting in contact mary claire uh, lovely to hear from you it's great that you're a listener on the show and then um edwin downward now i don't know whether this is your correct name uh, edwin uh, so apologies if it's not but it's your twitter handle so edwin downward contacted me and edwin and i have spoken before and um we've got a real animal theme to the podcast this week because edwin said on Twitter, listen to your latest diary on the way to volunteer at the bunny rescue. And there's a, <laughs> there's a picture of lots of beautiful bunny rabbits um, in cages with all the straw and the food bins around. And Edwin was on his way to help at the bunny rescue. So um, I feel like it shouldn't happen to a vet this week. Uh, we've got horses and bunnies uh, on the podcast, but it's just so lovely to hear uh, where you're listening to the podcast and I hope it's making whatever you do uh, more enjoyable and, and hopefully a useful learning experience for you as ever keep them coming I love to see these pictures of, of where you are when you're listening to the podcast some really great ones this week um, I hope you have a fantastic week of writing it's been quite a long diary this week so I, I apologize for that a little bit rambly again I do apologize for that again uh, but hopefully there's some little nuggets in there that are useful for you I will be doing, um, I'll have done 5,000 words by the time we reach, we talk next week. I'm doing 5,000 words on Saturday. Got a day of Amazon marketing tomorrow, which I will report back to you on. So loads of things to share with you. And next week I am interviewing Craig Martell. He of 20 books of 50k that fame. Uh, the interview won't be running for a couple of weeks, of course, but uh, Craig is going to be my interview guest on Tuesday. And then I think the interview runs sometime probably in October. Craig is just doing amazing things. He's one of the 20 books of 50k guys. He's coming over to the UK in February for the London event. So I had to talk to him and get him on the podcast. Really looking forward to that. And my guest on Monday, I must remind you about this, another uh, self-publishing superstar is Dave Chesson of Kindlepreneur.com fame. Uh, I learned a lot from Dave. Uh, Dave contacted me to come on the podcast. I'm a little bit nervous at first because one of the things I wanted to do on this podcast is is not have the usual suspects talking about the usual things or, or peddling the same sort of products. So I, I, when, when I spoke to Joanna, when I spoke to Dave, um, I wanted to be really sure that we didn't do that. And we didn't do that. We spoke about uh, completely different stuff, which was really, really interesting. So I'm really, really pleased I got Dave on the show because I learned a lot from him. And um, one of the big questions to me with Dave Chesson is, why don't we know what books you write? So you, you set yourself up as this great um, keyword success, yet you don't tell us what books you write. 
Uh, and that's always been my sticking point with Dave, but I get my answer to that question. I said to him before we spoke, I'm going to ask you this question because this is my burning question for you. And he, he said, I'll answer it. That's absolutely fine. And I got a great explanation. And I would urge you to listen to that uh, podcast because there's lots of really good information from Dave, who incidentally he has started or is about to start his own podcast. So I will be checking that out and I would recommend that you do the same. I think Dave gives a great information. He's, he's, he's really niched Dave Chesson in that he's doing the Amazon keyword thing. And he and I had a lot in common with our internet marketing past, actually. This is why I found the interview uh, so interesting. We, we, we almost come from the same place in our internet marketing past, except he's made a great success of it and I haven't. Um, but there you go. That's life. Uh, but I learned a lot from Dave and it made me rethink a lot of my previous experience and how I could use that as an author. That's going to be on Monday, the 11th of October, September. What month is it? September, the 11th of September. That's going to be Monday, the 11th of September. I hope you have a fantastic week of writing and I'll be back same time, same place next Saturday. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.